0: Welcome to Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. In this podcast, I chat to athletes, coaches, and industry professionals about their sporting journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. Guests range from Olympians to the everyday lover of sport, but the message stays the same. There is so much more to sport than what meets the eye. Make sure you hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify so you don't miss the release of each new episode. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. I'd love to hear from you. I can't believe it's almost a year since I started this podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure to share the journeys and lessons that each one of our incredible guests have had through sport. I am beyond grateful to each one of you who tune in week after week. It's been amazing to connect with you over Instagram and see the community grow. To celebrate the lead-up of the podcast turning one, there's a special giveaway running this month, September 2021. We are giving away a limited edition Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart mug so that you can enjoy your cup of coffee or tea whilst you listen to the podcast. All you have to do is open up the Apple Podcast app, that's the purple one with the white logo, go to Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart, scroll on down to the ratings and review section and leave a review make sure you screenshot and send it to me via Instagram or Facebook so I can enter you into the draw. A review with just the stars will be worth one entry and if you write a comment, you'll get two entries. Entries close at the end of the month and the winner will be contacted by Sunday, the 3rd of October. For those of you who are listening on Spotify or another podcast platform, don't worry, you haven't missed out. There's something coming for you next month. In this week's episode, we are joined by Josh as a party an Aussie track sprinter who actually came from a football background. Josh has represented Australia in both OzTag and in athletics at the Under 20 World Championships. In this episode, Josh opens up about what he loves about athletics and what the ups and downs of the sport have taught him. Coming from an individual sport, I really admire how Josh sees his competitors as more than just competition, but lifelong friends. That's enough from me. Let's hear from Josh. Can you tell us about your sport and how you got into it? I know you've played two sports at a high level. Can you tell us about them?
1: Yeah, so I did little A's when I was coming through, you know, my younger years. So I started in under six as little A's. I was kind of doing it as like a recreational sport, just kind of a bit of fun and all that, you know, playing around with mates at the track and all that. And I was playing AFL up until the age of about 13. And then from 13 to 16, I was in rugby league. And I was still doing my my a bit of sprint training just to help with the speed on the field and all that stuff. Um, so I kind of used sprinting as a, an alternative for my different sports. But then after when I was about sixteen, I took the change and I went to Oztag because it was a bit less, um, a bit less of contact. And you know I didn't really want to get injured because I had sprinting there as well and I was racing at the same time. So I was like, oh, you know, it's not really worth the risk. So I ended up playing Oztag for a bit there and. Then, in 2018, I ended up going to World Juniors in under-20s, which I didn't really know what was what it was at the time. My coach sat me down about a year before the World Juniors even happened, and he explained to me, like, oh, if, you know, if you put your head down, you can go to World Juniors. I was like, I don't even know what World Juniors <laughs> is, but it sounds cool. So after that, it was kind of like a realisation where I was like, yeah, you know, if I actually put my head down, I'd be able to do this. So I was still playing Oztag at the time. And then in 2018, I got selected for World Juniors, and then – in that same year, I was selected for the under twenty World Cup in Oztag. Wow. So I did World Juniors before that, and then the Oztag was kind of at the end of the year. And I said to myself, I was like, "All right, I'm going to play Oztag. If I get through it, then I'm just gonna just gonna put it to the side and you know, focus on my sprinting because that experience traveling overseas in the Australian team was was one of the best experiences of my life. So yeah, no, it was really good.
0: Oh, that's amazing. So it's interesting that you you know, we're playing, it was AFL football?
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Because I know you're from Sydney, so we have different videos for football, even within Australia. (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) So you were playing AFL football and then you were like, you know what, I want to protect my body, I guess, a little bit from the rough housing that comes with football. And you made a, you know, transition over to OzTag. Can you tell us a little bit, I guess, about OzTag? Like it's basically tag football. Is that right? Or is it more rugby? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's. I don't even know how to explain it really. It's just so you got obviously you got two tags on the side of your hips, mm-hmm. and um, it's pretty much just the same as league. You get one, you get tagged once, and you know you just got to play the ball and all that stuff. But it was a lot more speed focused than more technical. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was more technical and speed more than like rough. You know, forward take to hit up. Mm-hmm. You know, you can kind of use your use your speed and your momentum and all that stuff. So it was kind of suited me down to the ground a little bit coming from that football background. So, yeah, I was loving playing it, but I, I love sprint, sprinting more. So I had to, had to choose one pretty much.
0: Yeah. So was that, you know, experience in 2018 when you did both, basically you represented the country for both of those sports. Was that the moment that you were kind of like, yes, athletics is for me?
1: I think so. Yeah. Because, Athletics, it's a very individualized sport and I kind of got more self-satisfaction out of, you know, achieving my own goals rather than being in a team environment. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, I I love being in a team environment, but like, as I said, the self-satisfaction of, you know, running a PB after doing all the hard work, you don't really have to rely on anyone else besides yourself in a way. So it sounds a bit selfish, but that's the way I
0: kind of put it. Yeah. Well, that's funny you say that. And I, like, I looked up a little bit about the events that you competed in for that under 20 world champs. And it was the four by one relay as, and then like a couple of weeks out, you actually then qualified for your individual 100. So yes. how did you find, you know, being able to do the, I guess, the most team event in athletics that you could as well as the individual?
1: Yeah. So that was interesting because I originally only got selected in the four by one relay to go um, over to Finland and race in, and I was stoked with that, so I was prepared to go just for the relay. And then we had a we had a hit out about two weeks before the actual World Champ started, and we ran over in Finland, and it, everyone in the race, like all the all our relay boys, we all ran PBs, and that's where um, Jake Doran ran his uh, ten fifteen, which is the Australian under twenty record. And we all run PBs. Um, so Athletics Australia, they actually contacted World Athletics or IAAF at the time, and they said if they, if they could put um, Jake and myself into the individual hundred a couple of weeks before I was even even um, starting. So that was really fortunate for me because I ended up getting selected in, and that's kind of what the self-satisfaction came out of it. You know, my hard work got me a PB, and then it got me into that event later than everyone else got selected. So, you know, it was a really crazy time, and it was just a great experience.
0: What happened at that world? Was it world champs or world cup?
1: World champs. World,
0: world champs. Uh,
1: world under 20 champs, yeah. 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 So uh, in the 100, I got knocked out in the heats, but it was top three that automatically went through the semi and I missed out by 0.01. Oh.
0: Obviously.
1: Uh, so I was over in Finland racing and the guy that came third was a Finnish bloke. Mm-hmm. So it kind of, a bit, how you going? But um, <laughs> it was such a great experience just to, running the Australian kit and, you know, travel overseas, you know, it was one of the the most eye-opening experiences, as I said.
0: Yeah. And I think you came I did a little bit of Google stalking. Yeah. So it was 26 out of like almost 50. So that's still a really amazing result.
1: Yeah. And and considering I was only put in later as well, Mm. I was, I was at the time I was, I'm really hard on myself. So at the time I was really gutted that I didn't get the semi. Um, But then I had to take a moment to step back and think, like, look where I am at the moment. You know, I wasn't even supposed to be here two weeks ago. So, yeah, I kind of just took a step back, relaxed a bit and just took every inch of, you know, everything in. So it was good.
0: Yeah. And how did the relay team go? Uh,
1: The relay was, it was a good, (sighs) I mean, it's hard to talk about because we, we were going really well in the heat. And um we we're leading coming to our oh no, we weren't leading, we we're in second place coming into our fourth change. And then um our fourth change, he took off really quick. Well, I don't know if he took off quick or we just didn't put the right team in the in the right order. Mm-hmm. It could have been could have been a number of factors, but um, we didn't end up getting the baton in between the zone and the heat. So we ended up getting disqualified, but it was still an amazing experience. I got to run my league. Um, yeah. All the other boys got to run their league except for last, but you know, it was it was a learning curve for all of us. I think. So, yeah. it, if you look at it positively, you know, everyone learned something from that relay.
0: Yeah, and that's what it's about. Like you guys were all competing on the world stage. At you know yeah. that that point, it might have all you know even been all four of your first world world stage meets. So, yeah. yeah, just even being there is an experience and a learning curve. Yeah, definitely. Exactly
1: right. Exactly right.
0: So, with with saying all that, like, is there any significant milestones along your journey? I know you've been sporting a few injuries somewhere along there. Can you tell us about some significant milestones?
1: Yeah. I mean, making that team was probably one of the biggest milestones because I was going into nationals that year with an injury, with a hammy injury. Mm-hmm. And um, it kind of threw me around a little bit because it was my first major injury. And you know, I had a bit of a hammy niggle and go, and they select off how you go at nationals as well. So Um, coming into nationals I hadn't touched the track for maybe six weeks I was in the pool on the bike and I just didn't know how to handle it in a way Mm -hmm. Um, and then so that was probably one of my lowest points I guess in my Mm -hmm. track career at the moment and then straight into a high moment when I got selected so it was really it was a really weird time but you know like it's just the way that you carry yourself through that time is what really really makes an athlete I I reckon so um, yeah I was really proud of myself after that when I got selected so that was probably my highest milestone at the moment but also recently at the start of the year running probably my first sub 21 in a 200 meters um, that was a pretty big pretty big stepping stone for me and my coach we we were talking about it for a long time I think it was maybe two seasons talking about it Mm -hmm. and for it to actually happen it was one of the one of the highest moments
0: Yeah Yeah. and that was at the Sydney Track Classic wasn't it?
1: Yeah that was my first one Sydney Track Classic yeah.
0: Oh so you did multiple?
1: Yeah I've done three (laughs) uh, three subs at the moment yeah.
0: Oh that's awesome so it's not a fluke like you did it consistently as well.
1: Yeah I mean it was funny because I was talking to a massage therapist after Sydney and she goes oh is this going to be a one-off or are you going to consistently run? I was like I don't know we'll see what happens and then a week later I went again and then another week later I went again so I was like this is great. Yeah. <laughs>
0: there you go. It was consistent. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah.
1: So,
0: so what kind of made you transition from that 100 focus to the 200 focus? Is it more like kind of age and experience or?
1: Yeah, I'm not too sure. Um, I'm kind of, I've always liked the 100 more than the 200, mm-hmm. but this season has kind of opened my eyes a bit more to the 200. I'm not too sure if it's me developing as a person uh, or an athlete, but Yeah, no, I'm definitely enjoying my 200s a bit more.
0: Yeah, yeah. You've got a bit more time to play with as well, you know. Exactly right. It's like 20 seconds.
1: (laughs) If you stuff up in the first 10 metres, you can kind of bring it back. But in the 100, you know, you've got to be going from the start.
0: Yeah, yeah. And how does it feel like in terms of pressure? Like I was a swimmer and I was kind of a sprinter, but, you know, our shortest race is 50 metres and it goes for about the same as your 200, maybe a little (laughs) bit longer. So how does it feel like having all of that not pressure but like all of your race in such a short time. Like what's that feel like?
1: Yeah, it's 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 probably why I love doing it so much because everything just happens so quick. Mm-hmm. And it's that adrenaline rush that really gets gets the blood pumping. So like coming out of the blocks and you just you're flying around the bend and before you know it you're already in the straight and you're coming home and you pretty much cross the finish line. It's just everything happens so quickly and you gotta you got to run your race plan as quick as possible. You know, you got to think quickly. You got to be mm-hmm. on your toes about it. So that's that's probably yeah why I love the sport so much. It's just so adrenaline rushing. Um, yeah. At one point.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I guess like I couldn't imagine running like a hundred meters in ten seconds. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, it's pretty pretty hectic.
0: It's pretty quick. Um, and like in ten seconds, how do you even have time to think of your race plan, let alone execute it? Like, it must be it crazy. Is, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you kind of just take it every step. Mm. Like, you kind of have your three phases in a way. It's kind of your drive phase and then your top speed phase and then your, your coming home stage. So you kind of just break it up into sections and then just try and incorporate it within that 10 seconds, yeah.
0: Yeah, tricky. Yeah, definitely. So in terms of, like, those milestones, I know I think <laughs> your number one. One in new south wales was that right in the 200 i know they said in the i watched the sydney track replay and they're like one two went one two and i was like oh cool like that's awesome how does that feel you know being able to like race in a state that i guess new south wales has quite i don't even know how to say it quite well equipped track runners like how does it feel yeah. yeah
1: yeah i mean it's it's a good feeling so i did yeah so i am i won i'm state champion for the second year in a row mm-hmm. um and then yes um the sydney track classic was after state so um so i won sydney track classic and then will roberts came second and he came second at state a couple weeks yeah. before so yeah it was a one two and yeah no there's such quality athletes in new south wales and to be like crowned as the number one it's like one of the most special feelings you know as i said before you know the self-satisfaction of putting all your hard work in, and then you're crowned number one in new south wales it's it's one of the best feelings so um, yeah, that's no, good.
0: certainly an achievement that I, I never experienced, but it it sounds like yeah, you do get a lot of fulfillment and learn a lot from that. So, in saying that, there's a lot that sport has to offer that's you know, maybe a little bit more than just being n- number one. What are the benefits that sports provided you as an individual that's like transferred over to other avenues of your life?
1: Yeah, so it's definitely transferred into what i want to do as a career i want to go into like physio or something like that down the lines of sport because sports made a massive impact on my life even through track i want to kind of stay in that field for as long as possible just because i love the vibe of everything about it even like uh the benefits of track like with the friendships that i've made through the sport it's been ridiculous and like growing up with uh, people that are still race to this day it's really good to see them develop as athletes and obviously see me as developers as an athlete and you kind of do it together even though you're racing you do it together yeah so if you watch the Sydney track you see me hug second place after the race me and him have been racing for a long time and we're really close mates and that's something that's like irreplaceable in this sport
0: yeah and I find that like I came from an individual sport as well and I find that Yes, like the team sport environment maybe is a little bit more obvious that those friendships and those bonds develop. But in individual sports, like it's kind of not more genuine, but you're not forced to be friends with anyone. It just develops and you respect each other in their own right kind of thing. And
1: Yeah, exactly right.
0: I think it's very special to be able to go, no, that person's a friend for life. Like I grew up competing with them and not always against, but yeah, with them and they're a friend for life
1: yeah exactly right and like you share the same goals in a way Mm -hmm. so you can relate on that level but yeah as you said it it, through an individual sport it's good to have those friendships that's not force so you know it is good
0: yeah and I guess it teaches you how to respect your competitors like whether Mm -hmm. that's in the workplace or you know somewhere else like you learn to go well you know what they did the work and they deserve the recognition rather than that yucky feeling that you might get (laughs) otherwise um yeah it's definitely a good thing that individual sports can teach you
1: yeah definitely definitely and even like traveling around the world like as I said before taking the sport took me to a different side of the uh, different side of the world sorry and it's just an experience that you, you never forget you know you make friendships over there within with different countries like I still talk to people that are from Germany and different countries it's 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 yeah it's just great
0: yeah, I love that brings me back. I used to train with someone and I doubt that he listens. Sometimes there's a random Germany pop-up in the podcast <laughs> demographics, yeah. but if he does, a German exchange student and he came down and I still chat to him now, like, and it was 10 plus years ago. And so those friendships, like, they do really last.
1: Yeah, exactly right. It's it's really good.
0: Yeah. So in saying that, is there a lesson that you've learnt along the way that you'd like to share?
1: Yeah, probably just to be patient with everything. You know, as an elite athlete in an individual sport, you demand so much of yourself all the time. Mm-hmm. And I went through a season where, after the World Juniors, because I was jumping my times down a lot mm-hmm. before, like the season before, I think I was running like 11 something, and then down to like a 10 8 and down to like a 10 5. And then I kind of plateaued for a season at like 10 6s and i was like i was asking myself like why am i not dropping again like what is the go and i wasn't used to holding a consistent time for a whole season which kind of worked in my favor because then the season after i was consistently dropping consistently dropping and yeah i wasn't patient at the time and i was just i was stressing so much about everything and as i've developed it's i've i've learned a lot just to be patient and you know you'll reap the rewards in the end so and just yeah. don't take shortcuts I guess
0: yeah it's kind of like trust the process like you're doing the right yeah. thing you might not see the results straight away but trust that you are putting in the work and putting in the effort
1: yeah 100 exactly right
0: yeah that's a good lesson and it's a hard one when you're in it isn't it
1: yeah I mean as I said I was questioning everything as, well as what I was doing I was like why am I not getting any better you know I'm running fastest reps at training like why is this not transferring over to the track and yeah as I, as i said i was stressing i was like damn like i'm going backwards here this is not good but yeah i hadn't run a pb that year and um and then come the season next two seasons i ended up running pb so yeah exactly you just gotta be patient
0: yeah it all worked out in the end
1: <laughs> exactly right exactly right
0: so a lot of track and field people that i've interviewed lately have said that little You guys call it little A's. I don't know, little A's, A's, but I call it little ass. But yeah, little A's are you know such a community based sport or feel. Have -hmm. you kind of been involved in little A's more recently? Like, have you been able to help kids up and coming?
1: Yeah, so my little A's club, which is Ken Athletics, um, I've been with them since I was in under sixes and they've supported me ridiculously through my athletics career, um, so I thought I'd just give give back to them and um, you know go help help out because they do athletics every Friday night down at um, down at my local local field. So I go down there and help out, help time the hundreds or whatever whatever they need me to do. Start start at start gun, you know. So it's just a little something that I want to give back, and it, it kind of brings back memories of when I was doing little a's and um, seeing all the little kids run around. It's really it's really satisfying to watch, really.
0: Yeah it almost means a bit more than you know watching yourself or like being competing yourself you're just kind of like oh look at the pure joy on these six-year-olds faces.
1: Exactly right and knowing that you that's where you've come from and Mm -hmm. you could be looking at future stars really so yeah and I I, I try to go help them out as much as I can.
0: Oh that's awesome and it's it's so (laughs) fulfilling like I know that I've coached a lot of swimming and I run a swim school when COVID is not interrupting (laughs) and and being able to, you know, give back to a sport that you love so much and has given you so much is something that's quite fulfilling.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And as I said, they've, that club has supported me so much for my career and the least I can do is, you know, help them out.
0: Yeah. Now I kind of asked that in a different way, but is there a, (laughs) another project where you've used sport to develop the community?
1: I'm an ambassador for Inspire Tech, which is like uh, they're on Instagram and they have apps and all that stuff which helps the mental health of athletes through their sport. And mm-hmm. it's a really important thing that they've got going and it's a good initiative because as an elite athlete, you know, you, as I said, you know, you start to think a lot when you're not getting those performances that you that you think you're able to get. Mm-hmm. And it starts to play a big part on athletes mental health mental healths. so just trying to you know tell them to take a step back just relax um you know everything happens for a reason just to it's it's a really good initiative on what they're going and a good example of it is um Simone Biles from the Tokyo Olympics how she had to pull out of a gymnastics routine I think it was Mm -hmm. because of mental health so it it just plays a massive role in elite athletes these days
0: yeah. And I think it's something that's now being talked about and it makes me proud to be part of this generation that whether, you know, part of the the change, I guess, between not talking about it or it being seen as weak. And then instead of being like, no, like good on you for putting your mental health first, like rather than competition.
1: Yeah, exactly right. And at the end of the day, you're a person before you're an athlete. So you've got to kind of look at how you're traveling mentally before putting anything before that, because, you know, everyone's been through it as an athlete. You know, you think to, you think a lot about, you know, results, this, that. You know, you just got to take a step back. Remember, you're a person, pick up a hobby, mm-hmm. you know, try and distance yourself sometimes from such a heavy load on yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah, focus on more than one thing. In saying that, like, do you have a, a hobby or a tip that you, you want to share?
1: I kind of just like relaxing with mates. I mean, it's pretty hard at the moment with COVID and all that, but we've been jumping on zooms and you know online games and all that stuff I'm a bit of a gamer so I like to jump on PlayStation every now and then with the boys so that kind of just takes my mind away from it and you know I'm studying as well at the moment so that that kind of pulls me away from it as well
0: yeah it gives you that a little bit of an escape I know it's sometimes hard to balance the study and the sport I guess but Mm. I think a lot of the people that I've spoken to have said that it really benefits them more so because when they're you know struggling with the study world, they can just kind of dip into the sport world for a little bit, and it's it that having that balance.
1: Yeah, exactly right. And they kind of they work in each other's favor in a way because if, if you want to take a, uh, a break from your sport, you know you can go study or you can go do something else. But if you want to have a break from your study, you can go go out to training and you know take your mind away from different things because having one thing on your mind all the time. Not an ideal way to head.
0: No, no, yeah, it's, it gets a bit obsessive. I know. Um, <laughs> I know my. Growing up, it was swimming, 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 and I really yeah. did. I probably burnt myself out because of that. But since, maybe COVID really forced me into mm. a few injuries in and out. But like, it would have been COVID that I was like, okay, so can't do this anymore. Where, where's my identity? And I kind of found things that I liked outside of that. And yeah. I've said in another episode, it's like the three P's. I've got podcast, puppy and painting, my three things.
1: (laughs) Lovely. Yeah. I mean, as you said, COVID, you know, COVID was kind of a blessing at at the start. I mean, not at the moment, but it was kind of a blessing in a way that it kind of reset me in a way because I was very, you know, race next week and let's go, you know, head down, head down, head down all the time. And then COVID kind of just canceled or postponed everything. Mm-hmm. it's kind of like a re it's kind of like a reset for myself so i reset everything i was like all right let's start from the bottom again and let's work up out the top and that's probably one of the reasons why i had one of the best seasons i think just because you know i was able to take a step back and and learn a bit
0: yeah and it's interesting to say that because you know when it COVID first started you i think a lot of people were like "Oh no, what's going to happen Mm. In terms of you know athletes performance and and I know sporty people would have been thinking about that and some other people yeah, had definitely. other priorities, but it like even the Olympics have showed us how much it actually helped in terms of performance, like nothing was really severely impacted
1: exactly right, and like I know that some people may not have even qualified if the Olympics stayed mm-hmm. last year and I mean, some people could have been injured at the time when the Olympics were supposed to be and they had the chance to run this year and it could have worked the other way where people are already last year and um, are injured this year. But um, yeah, it was kind of, I guess for myself, it was a bit of a little blessing. So I'll take it.
0: Yeah. And in saying that, this is a very loaded question, but where do you see the future of sport?
1: Well, you see the inclusions of different sports in the Olympics through like rock climbing and the BMXing and all that stuff. So I don't... Doubt that they'll be keep adding sports um, into the Olympics. You know, they keep modifying games and all that stuff, which is really good. I wouldn't be surprised if tag's in the Olympics soon. <laughs> so that'd be cool to see. And then in, like, track and field, I think in Australia, you know, it's a positive move going forward with the Olympics actually happening in the same kind of time zone as what we were, mm-hmm. as everyone was able to watch um, – you know, watch the track and field. And I had a lot of people messaging me, like they watched Rowan Browning, they watched Peter Bowl, like they fell in love with track and field. And I was like, this is what you've been missing the whole time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I I mean, hopefully that kind of opens people's eyes and they're able to get out to the track and, you know, come watch some of the bigger events going around because us track and field athletes, we we do put a lot of hard work into this sport and just hope to see everyone get out there.
0: And I think it's quite interesting because I know, And I don't know if it was always just because I was a swimmer, but I used to watch a lot of the swimming. Um, Mm. Maybe it was because it was time zone friendly as well. And maybe it was also because Australia typically got a lot of medals. So it was maybe a bit more common for people to tune into that. But the track and field, I really watched a lot of it this, this Olympics. And there's some really amazing athletes that, you know, maybe wouldn't have been shown if the time zone didn't, allow if that makes sense so yeah i think it really did put a spotlight and if it attracts kids to do it now then you know what we might have more track and field medals come uh the brisbane olympics (laughs) than than swimming medals so i think you know it's only bright for track and field
1: yeah exactly right and as you said the time zones aligned perfectly and it was kind of a blessing that we got locked down at the same time yeah. as well because everyone had to sit down and watch the tv so um yeah as I said coming to the Brisbane Olympics you know the kids that are you know 10 to 15 at the moment they're watching watching these people on, on the tv hopefully they're inspiring them to you know you get out and track and have a run or so
0: yeah and even for people now like to put their kids in that sport in future like I think it proves that I don't know, like it was Ash and Cedric. Like Ash, Melanie,
1: and Cedric, yeah. yeah. it yeah. was
0: the, but it was... Decathlon, 1500. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. watching that and going, okay, like there's some kind of teamwork going on there. Well, maybe it's not an individual sport and yeah, parents that would typically put their kids in a team sport to learn those team skills might go, oh, let's not discount track and field. Look at this amazing demonstration of sportsmanship.
1: Exactly right, and... I know Ash because I went to World Juniors with him in 2018. And he's an incredible athlete, <laughs> um, hands down. And Cedric and Ash actually trained together. So it was good to mm. see – It was, as you said, it was good to see them or see Cedric push Ash in that last event to help him get that bronze medal. And it was just – it was really eye-opening. But, yeah, no, it was one of the best moments of the Olympics, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, it was – up there with one of my highlights. I know I got goosebumps watching it, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, like this is crazy!" But yeah, there was uh, there was amazing coverage. I think it was probably the best coverage that I've seen, especially with all like all of the apps and the technology. You know, we we're able to watch whatever sport you wanted, and you know, you might even have like three or four screens going at once so you could watch everything.
1: Yeah, exactly right. And yeah, as you said, the the broadcasting for it was amazing. Um, and moving forward, I think, I think, as I said, they've opened eyes to a lot of Australians. So hopefully that they start to broadcast a bit more of the Australian circuit when it's going around, you know, like nationals mm-hmm. and all that and some of the track classics because they're, they're fairly big. So hopefully in the future.
0: Yeah, definitely. It would be cool to see like the track classics on the TV rather than having to watch it on YouTube. That would be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> The track classics are really good, actually. Like they're one of the, they have a lot of hype around them. Mm-hmm. So like winning Sydney track, and winning uh queensland track it was it was really really such a amazing feeling and like that were my first wins at track classics and yeah it was just it was just one of the craziest feelings ever
0: oh well, i think it's only up for you now josh like <laughs> I, hope I see so. amazing things in your future and thank you so much for coming on and sharing your journey with us
1: no worries thank you for having me it was it was good to have a talk
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. This is a completely independent podcast that has been created to share the journey and lessons of top level sporting professionals, but also your everyday lover of sport. If you liked this podcast, I'd really appreciate if you could leave a review and share it with someone who you think would also enjoy it. Until next time.